Good morning, everyone. My name's David Kesterson, and uh, I'm one of the elders here at River Oaks. Uh, and I'm really excited to have the opportunity <clears throat> to talk to you this morning about the beginning of Paul's voyage to Rome. We will be in Acts uh, chapter 27, verses 1 through 12. And while you're finding this passage, I'd like to tell you about a meme I saw last week. <laughs> uh, it was a picture of three men in lab coats, and they're standing behind a corner, and they've got this long reach grabber tool, and they're reaching towards a door, and the door has a sign on it. And that sign says, 2022. This may be how some of us feel as we just stepped into a new year, but is this how we should feel? As God's people, we find that we are not exempt from anxiety and worry, especially in today's world where there are so many voices telling us what the next thing we need to fear is. Also, anxiety can arise when circumstances we find ourselves in are challenging or even perilous. And with a new year just starting, we may wonder what will unfold in 2022. Yet, in Proverbs 12:25, we read, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. And then in Luke... 12.25, Luke writes that Jesus asked the disciples, which one of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Therefore, one way we can overcome anxiety is by looking for God's hand at work in the circumstances of our lives and through seeing his hand, this will bring us peace. Again, our text this morning is Acts 27, 1 through 12. Let me read it. And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in a ship of Adromatum, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and be cared for. And putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra in Lycia. There the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us on board. There the centurion, excuse me, we sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Nidus. And as the wind 
did not allow us to go farther, we sailed under the lee of Crete, off Salmon. Coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Haven, near which was the city of Lysi. Since much time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. Let us pray. Father, as we come to you this morning, I pray, Father, that your Spirit will guide us through this text. I pray, Father, that your Spirit will encourage us through this text. That, Lord, as we take this time to look into your Word, which you have given to us, Lord, we pray that we would be changed as we read it. That, Lord, you would be glorified as we take this time to study your word. It's in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So our text today takes place after Paul had proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ to Festus, the governor, and to King Agrippa and to Bernice. Uh, as they listened they found no reason why Paul was actually standing before them. He hadn't broken any law, and so they felt they could free him. But Paul had appealed to Caesar, so they had to send him to Rome. As they send, Rome, or as they send Paul to Rome, he's sent as a prisoner. And he has a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julian as his guard. Uh, though we don't know much about Julius, it is possible that he worked for the emperor. And this is why he is uh, escorting Paul and these other prisoners to Rome to see Caesar. Also, we should notice that Luke is back with Paul at this point. Uh, and we can see this because the first person plural pronoun we is used throughout this passage. And so as we think about that, this passage of this voyage is a first-hand account from Luke as to what's going on. Uh, we know that Luke often did research and tried um, to find different ways by talking to different people of finding out what happened in areas so he could write about it. But this particular area is a first-hand account. Something else we should consider is that with the mention of the fast already being over, these travelers have reached Fairhaven in October, probably early to mid-October. This means that they have already been at sea for probably a month or more. Uh, and this sea they've been on has had contrary winds. And according to Barton, a guiding principle of sailors in the first century was that 
it was dangerous from mid-September to mid-November to sail, but it was disastrous from mid-November to mid-February. Further, this contrary weather explains why they are hugging the coastline and not going to open sea, which would have been much faster. Do you think you would be at peace in these circumstances? Being taken on a voyage, not having supplies, and in the be- not having supplies in the beginning, and traveling on a long sea voyage that at times is life-threatening. Also, on this voyage, you are with somebody who is leading you who will not listen to your advice. In what circumstances do you struggle to have peace because you don't see God's hand at work? As we consider this part of Paul's voyage to Rome, we will look at three truths about how keeping our focus on God's hand in our circumstances will bring us peace. The first truth is peace comes from seeing God's hand when circumstances are good. The second truth is peace comes from seeing God's hand when circumstances are difficult. The third truth is peace comes from seeing God's hand when circumstances are dangerous. So let's take uh, some time to focus on this first truth, that peace comes from seeing God's hand when circumstances are good. In this section, uh, Luke writes in verses 1 through 3, And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in a ship of Adramatum, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day... We put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and be cared for. This voyage could have gone in a very different direction. Uh, With Paul being a prisoner, if Julius had not treated him kindly. Yet we do know that uh, another guard um, that another guard that was guarding Paul, had been told to give Paul some liberties. Maybe this is what Julius has been told also. But these liberties did not necessarily mean that uh, Paul could be completely released and go to some friends somewhere. But that is what Julius has done. He has treated Paul kindly. Not only by letting him go see his friends, who were probably Christians that had left Jerusalem after Stephen was martyred, but also for letting Luke and Aristarchus accompany him. Both Luke and Aristarchus had traveled with Paul in the past, and so they knew each other and knew each other well. Uh, This time that Paul gets to spend with Luke and Aristarchus on this trip 
going to Rome, they're probably pretty excited. They're, they're going to get to take the gospel to Rome. And so this would have been really encouraging for Paul and a real blessing. And Paul would have recognized these blessings from God as God had chosen to provide food and supplies for Paul and his companions through these believers in Sidon. And these were believers that Paul probably hadn't seen for years. Food and supplies for a prisoner was of the utmost importance. The Roman government did not supply food for prisoners. They didn't supply clothing. They didn't supply anything they may need. So if your family and friends did not bring you food or supplies or anything else, you just did without. And they, the Roman government was not there to help these prisoners out at all. So this was an incredible blessing, God providing these things for Paul. Um, but also, God provides fellowship with Luke and Aristarchus getting to go on this voyage with him. Paul would have seen God's hand providing these supplies and the blessing of having two Christian brothers for fellowship on this long voyage. This would have brought peace that only God can bring as he settles any worry or anxiety that Paul had for food, supplies, or fellowship. In a similar way, this reminds me of myself when I was a child. Uh, I was just young. It was one summer out of school, and I thought, I want to go fishing all day long. And so I told my dad what I wanted to do, and he said, well, okay, uh, I'll take you to the lake. There was a lake a couple miles from our house. And he said, we'll load all your stuff up in the morning. My dad left real early in the morning. And so he took me to the lake and dropped me off and all my stuff. And he said, I'll pick you up on the way back home. And so I said, okay, I'm so excited. I'm out there getting ready to fish. And I set everything up and I'm fishing, just having the best time. And I think, you know, I've got everything with me and this is going really well. And then about lunchtime. <clears throat> my stomach starts growling. I realize I, I hadn't remembered everything. I, I hadn't brought a lunch. I hadn't brought, you know, my thermos of sweet tea. I hadn't brought some snacks. I, I didn't have anything with me. And so I'm thinking, what, what can I do right now? And then kind of out of nowhere, my mom pulls up beside the lake. And she said... Uh, Hey, I'm, I'm on my way uh, out to run some errands. Thought I'd stop by and see how you were doing. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm doing good. You know, I've, I've got this all under control. I'm fishing, having a great time. And she said, well, I brought a lunch. <laughs> and uh, brought you a thermos with some sweet tea and some snacks. And uh, wow, was I happy. Um, so excited at that point. Uh, and then, you know, she said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do my chores and run her errands that she had to do. And I didn't really think that she had drove by the lake and like town was the other direction. So this was very intentional of her. 
But, but as I think about that, why did she do that? Number one, she did it because she knew something that I hadn't thought of. I forgot my lunch. Number two, she did it because she loved me. Similarly, God cares for us because we are his children. Though he often uses people, as in Paul's case, with friends in Sidon, sometimes he may decide to care for us miraculously. When we take time to see God's hand providing for us, it will bring us peace in the circumstances we are in. This peace comes from understanding what Jesus says uh, to the disciples in Matthew 6.25. He said, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Also, we cannot forget that it was Jesus who provides food for those listening to him in Mark 6. This enormous crowd of people is listening to them. And uh, in Matthew, or Mark 6, it tells us that Jesus has compassion on them. It's getting late at night. They don't have food with them. And Jesus takes five loaves of bread and two fish and supplies enough food for all these people, at least uh, 5,000 men. And the, the most amazing part of this in Mark 6 is verse 42. It says that they all ate and were satisfied. In these two sections of Scripture, we see that it is God that provides for His people. And when we recognize this truth, it will bring us peace. Knowing that God is the one who ultimately provides frees you to work hard at the job you have. It frees you to be the stay-at-home mom that you are. And it frees you to be the student who is working hard at their schoolwork without being afraid of the future. Also, it frees you to be a light in this dark world because you are not hindered by fear. But not all circumstances are good. So we need also to know that peace comes from seeing God's hand when circumstances are difficult. In verses 4 through 8, Luke writes, And putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra in Lycia. There the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Nidus. And as the winds did not allow us to go farther, we sailed under the lee of Crete off 
Salmon. Coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Haven, near which was the city of Lacey. So uh, on this map, it kind of shows you the uh, route that was taken. Um, something to really notice is these blue arrows. They show you the way the wind is blowing. And so you can kind of understand why they have to take the course they are. They're staying out of the open sea, which would have been much faster. Um, but this kind of help you understand what's going on in this. So up until this point, Paul and his companions had had favorable circumstances as God was providing for them. But now the weather has turned bad earlier than expected, and travel has become difficult. Difficult becomes the prominent word in this section. Also, we don't hear anything from or about Paul and his companions. Though Paul knows that it is God who is in control of the weather and the sea, we don't hear anything from him in this section. But what we do know is what Paul had written to the Philippians. He wrote, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It was in chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. As a result... Paul and his companions are probably seeking the Lord in this difficult circumstance. Additionally, Julius does not seem to care about the difficulties. He is on a mission to get Paul and the other prisoners to Rome as soon as possible. But God has other plans for the timing of these men to arrive in Fair Havens. Because of the weather, the ship is having to stay close to the shore, and at a couple of points, it crosses over to islands and follows their shorelines to stay out of the wind. Then at Myra in Lycia, Julius transfers his men and the prisoners to a bigger ship. This bigger ship was an Alexandrian ship and probably a grain ship that was hired by the Roman government to take Rome or to take grain to Rome. As a result, they travel no matter what the weather is like. Yet, even this larger ship was slowed by the winds, and so they again had to hug the shorelines. This continued until the larger ship with an unrelenting crew reached a small port called Fair Havens, but they reached it in God's timing. As we consider this section, we see that God is in control of even the weather, and peace comes from recognizing that fact. In a similar way, snow can be a difficult thing to travel in. We may even get some tonight, from what I understand. Uh, but... There are many traffic accidents that happen because of snow. Yet, just a couple days ago, snow is what ultimately stopped the winter wildfires 
in uh, just north of Denver, Colorado. These fires had raged with over 100 mile an hour winds and destroyed at least 500 homes. Governor Jared Polis said that this could be a New Year's miracle because there had been no loss of life. The fires were put out by the snow before anybody died. Now, in the article I read, it did not attribute the snow to God. But the reality is, in Job 37, verses 10 through 12, we read, By the breath of God, ice is given, and the broad waters are frozen fast. He loads the thick clouds with moisture. The clouds scatter His lightning. They turn around and around by His guidance to accomplish all that He commands them on the face of the habitable world. And again in Psalm 135, verses 5 through 7, we read, For I know that the Lord is great, and that our God is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightning for the rain, and brings forth the wind from His storehouses. Having peace in the midst of a storm like the one we just had uh, a few nights ago with the threat of tornadoes, even last night there, were, uh, there was a tornado watch, uh, is not just sitting down ignoring weather reports. But this peace that we are given comes from the fact that we are strengthened by God and we can come to Him because we know that He cares for us. We can wisely pray and seek His wisdom because He is our Heavenly Father. But not all circumstances are just difficult weather. So we must understand that also peace comes from seeing God's hand when circumstances are dangerous. Luke, in verses 9 through 12, writes, Since much time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. At this point, the weather has turned from bad to worse. It is now early to mid-October, and after the fast that had taken place with the Jewish Day of Atonement and would make traveling the sea possibly tragic, 
Paul tries to give advice from his own experience of being on the sea that traveling now was not wise. Recognizing dangerous situations at sea was something Paul had some experience with. In 2 Corinthians 11.25, Paul writes, Three times I was shipwrecked, a day and a night. I'm sorry, a night and a day I was adrift at sea. Yet, those in charge do not listen to what Paul has to say. Because they had grain to deliver to Rome. And Fairhavens was not set up for a large ship to winter in. This ultimately brought the majority to agree with their leaders to set out to sea hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there because it was a safer harbor. Yet, Paul knows that God had told him in Acts 23.11, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must also in Rome. So Paul's peace in these circumstances, in these dangerous circumstances, would come from knowing that God is faithful. And seeing God direct those men who have their own desires ultimately do God's will. Further, Paul has peace with God through Jesus Christ and knows no matter what happens to him, he has been saved and will spend eternity with God. The truth that Paul would be holding on to comes from knowing that God can do all things and that no purpose of his can be thwarted. Job 42, 2. Also, peace comes from what Joseph told his brothers in Genesis 50, 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Also in Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And in Proverbs 20, 24, a man's steps are from the Lord. How then can man understand his way? In these verses, we see that even in dangerous circumstances, we can have the peace of God because He is providentially directing men. But peace for Paul ultimately comes from having peace with God. Paul writes in Romans 5.1, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. As a result, you can have this peace that comes in dangerous circumstances. It comes through trusting Jesus Christ, who came to this earth and lived a perfect life. He was crucified on a Roman cross, though he was innocent. He died and was buried. Then on the third day, he arose again in fulfillment of the scriptures and now is sitting at the right hand of the Father. You can have this peace because Jesus on the cross suffered the wrath we deserved and brought forgiveness to those who believe. Therefore, we who believe 
have peace with God. And that brings the peace of God in every circumstance. In conclusion, if we will hold on to the truths that peace comes from seeing God's hand when circumstances are good, the truth that peace comes from seeing God's hand when circumstances are difficult, and the truth that peace comes from seeing God's hand when circumstances are dangerous, we will be able to overcome anxiety and worry in our lives through peace with God that lets us enjoy the peace of God and brings glory to our great God.